in Philadelphia. We continue here with Evan Shlema. Um, last we got together for Evan Shlema, which was before Lag Boimer. We were in Perik Vav, where we still are, the Perik of Chinuch, Chinuch Habanim Habanois, and we were in Simon Hey, which we still are. Uh, we read to the end, we, we developed it, and, and now is the time, I think, before we move on to Vav, to do uh, the wrap up of Hey. Just the, Hey was a very very fundamental paragraph in terms of basic approaches the Goyen has in Chinuch, basic approaches in, in our children, and basic understandings in how to relate to kids, and how to customize and tailor the right Chinuch for the right age. So let, let's return to Hey and make a, a draw a few a draw a few of the points together, and uh, maybe make a, a summary and and build off of that summary so we can have a nice wrap up of what came out from Hey. So we essentially saw like this in Simon Hey. What the guy shared with us is that there's two stages in Chinuch, two primary stages in Chinuch, and each one is required, each one is a prerequisite, and one is built off of the other. There is a stage in Chinuch where you explain ideas to your kids, you give them beauty, you give them understanding, you give them ideas, you give them the Yisaitis, the principles of, of, of what Yiddishkeit is about, the principles of, of what Midas Torah are about, why it's important, you, you give them a lot of nice Torah, right? That's one stage. But that's stage two, not stage one. The Chinuch can never begin with that. And what the guy shared with us last time is that that's important. He, what he referred to as the very Musr, insights and Musr and ideas and, and um, these lofty understandings of the values and the systems, of the beauty, the glory of Yiddishkeit, etc. That's wonderful, that's amazing, that does have to be shared with your children. Inspiration and illumination have to be shared with your kids. Let them understand why it's so important to control your temper, to understand why it's so important, to speak nicely for them to understand why it's so important, to have respect for authority, the inspiration and the illumination. But none of that's going to work unless you already have established stage one. That's all a structure, that's all an edifice, but it has to be built on a foundation. The foundation is stage one, and stage one is simply training and, and, and um, um, conditioning. Training and conditioning. To condition one's children to, to act properly, to train them to act properly without any understanding without any ideas, without any Torah, without any inspiration and illumination, just mamish conditioning. Conditioning and training by rote, training by regulation. And as we you know, saw and explained last time, Chinuch um, has to kick in when the child is already in his very early formative developmental stages, when a child is already two. It's not too early for Chinuch, and, and to the contrary. This is where you really have to be very concerned and, 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 and making a concerted effort to give them chenuch properly. But a two-year-old, a three-year-old, even a four- or five-year-old, not holding by hearing Torah, not hearing, holding by inspiration and illumination, gedolim stories and beautiful ideas, they're not holding by that yet. Their minds aren't developed enough yet to really understand that, to process, to have any idea what on earth you're talking about. You give them a whole beautiful lecture, tell them all your shena ideas, and explanations, they have no idea what you're talking about. They, they can't process, they, they can't relate to that. What they can relate to is being conditioned, being trained, and being disciplined just through um, you directing them. And said differently, 
the regulation that you have to give them through establishing red lines. That's the only thing they're capable of, of absorbing and processing when they're that young. And the, the inspiration and illumination is important. That only can come later. And that only will be able to come, that only will be able to be pressed and absorbed by your kids if you already gave them that gift of regulation and that gift of training for them to be trained how to regulate themselves and how to uh, understand the meaning, the notion of red lines, and, and you got to do that through, again, the first stage of Chinuch, the training stage of Chinuch. Let, let's build off of that, just to understand that. Um, all children all start off the same way and, and, and have the same tendencies. And those tendencies in children is they want to be unregulated and dysregulated. They are writhing masses of, of, of energy, uncontrolled and undirected energy. They're loose cannons, and, and that energy wants to burst forth and go everywhere, wants to take over every situation that they're in, wants to break through the lines of, 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 of uh, what's appropriate and, and uh, what's called for, appropriate behavior and respect in every single situation because that's the mode that a child begins with. And, and, and that, that's the, the hanhaga that a child hits the ground with is one of not having any regulation and not having any, any natural and innate sense of adkans, of, you know, here's where we have to pull back and here's where we have to stop. Having any sort of red lines or boundaries, children begin with, 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 without any of that. And they begin the very opposite, pushing all boundaries, breaking through all boundaries, destroying all red lines. And... All the nice ideas in the Torah in the world is really not going to do so much for a child, even when he's old enough and he's capable of understanding the wisdom that you're sharing with him and understanding the illuminations and the inspiration. But the child never got this ability to regulate himself and to you know, feel out those red lines and to understand that here you can't cross this and you can't cross that. If it was never grilled and drilled and trained into the child, then that Torah is beautiful, it's nice, and it's amazing, he appreciates it, but it's stuck up here. It's stuck in the land of the, the intellect, the cerebral, and he can't transfer that and apply that into, into action because he is incapable of regulating himself. So this is where Chinuch begins. Chinuch begins at a point in a child's development when he's in that stage where he can't understand anything you want to share with him, he doesn't get any ideas, he can't relate to any of your beautiful Torah, but he can relate to the concept of, once again, self-regulation, direction, and, and conditioning. So said differently, said differently, all of Chinuch, when a child is younger, two, three, four, is all about a parent enforcing the proper conduct without the child understanding it. The proper contact in any situation, whether it's at the dinner table, whether it's at the breakfast table, whether it's when they're getting dressed in the morning and, and getting undressed at night, um, the proper decorum, proper behavior in the expectations that you have for them and how they treat their siblings, how they treat their friends, how they treat the parents, and when the child steps out of bounds, as the guy mentioned, whether that's how he talks, talks, he or she talks, whether that's how he or she acts, there has to be immediate and swift action that's taken to show the child what's right and what's wrong. There has to be immediate action, immediate consequences 
when a child is given a job, the child doesn't do that job, children that are three or four can already be given jobs and should be given jobs. I, they can't understand the concept of the value of a job. No, they can't. But they can absorb conditioning and be, they can be trained into the concept of contributing around the house and listening to a parent. And every child wants to be disobedient to the parent. Every child wants to not be making any contrib- contributions to the house. A three-year-old, a two-year-old, already all they want to do is make a huge mess, take out all the toys, um, and not clean anything up, and not have any any responsibilities. They want privileges and enjoyments with none of the responsibilities. Even a two-year-old already wants that. Because again, children hit the ground with a complete lack of regulation, completely unregulated, dysregulated, and with a drive to remain unregulated, to do what they want when they want, and to not have to shteltsu to any type of system. Not they, 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 they resist. They resist the the um, um, having to adhere or accommodate to a system of a household system, the parental system, the peer system, a sibling system, any system that requires a standard of behavior i.e. regulation, a child will resist. A child will resist. They can't understand concepts, you can't explain things to them, but they can be trained to have to submit to a system of behavior and conduct, to submit to a system of parental um, authority, to accountability, to how to behave with your siblings, and and to... to, um, being a, 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 a responsible member of the house. When someone is a member of the household system, they do jobs. They, 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 they do their share of the work, right? They clean up, they set up, they clean up after themselves, um, they share, they play nicely with their siblings. When they're part of a, a, a child submitting to a parental system, they have to obey, talk to their parents respectfully. And these are systems that two, three, and certainly four-year-olds are capable of, of having to accommodate and adhere to. And you will see that they will have will, will do everything they can to buck that system. This, again, is stage one of chinuch. Stage one of chinuch is training them through conditioning, training them through regulating them, that when there are systems around them of expectation, behavioral um, ideals that have to be... be um, conform to systems that have expectations, there's accountability to that system, and they can be trained, they must be trained to be able to shteltsu. How does one train? Again, by having zero tolerance. You can't have any tolerance for a child who is disobedient for a parent. You can't have any tolerance for a child who won't do his job. You can't have any tolerance for a child who does not get along nicely within the house, whether that's with siblings, whether that's friends or peers, whatever it is. You can't have any tolerance. Now, what does it mean not to have any tolerance? we're drifting back to how you parents. So we talked about patching already, whether you patching in the form of a hand, patching in the form of a shout. Not everything deserves a patch. Not everything needs to be patched, but everything does need to be um, regulated. Everything does need to be regulated in order to accomplish our, our responsibility, accomplish um, what needs to be accomplished with, with, with stage one, chinuch, stage one, of parenting our children. Everything needs to be um, part of a system of discipline. Not everything deserves a patch, but there has to be consequences. There has to be accountability. 
in those areas where a child is incapable of being raised and parented. So again, stage one, I have to give my child regulations to allow him to regulate himself. That comes in the form of listening to a parent, doing their job, cleaning up after themselves, and if they don't listen, they don't clean up after themselves, they don't do that job that you've given them, remind them, do your job, you didn't clean up, you you didn't set up, they will say immediately, no, I'm not going to. You ask them again, set up, clean up, put away your things, they'll say no again. They say no again, okay, so I'm, I'm sorry, okay, you have to go to your room. I'm sorry you just lost a treat. I'm sorry you just lost dessert. I'm sorry you have to go to sleep early tonight. There has to be an immediate consequence, and that consequence has to be followed through. You have to, you have to act on that consequence, you have to make good on that consequence, and the child will, will resist the consequence, and he will give the parents, he or she will give the parents an even, hard, an even harder time but that's again the child resisting the the um, the the what's it called the need to be regulated, the need to have red lines, and this is where a parent has to steal himself or herself and to not give it to the child and to understand that what you're doing is you're giving your child the greatest gift, and that's the gift of regulation. That's the gift of 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 being able to eventually be self-regulated. And that's done through, simply through conditioning and nothing more than conditioning. The conditioning is the child learns that when they shteltsu, when they are part of the system and they do what's expected, then, then you know, that's, that is, that works and things end well for them. And when they are disobedient and when they resist the regulations and the red lines of that system, the consequences are also swift and that does not end well for them. That ends in a punishment. That ends in having to go to their room. That ends in them losing something and that is followed through on and through that conditioning the child learns that, you know, these red lines are real red lines and when I cross it, you know, that results in in uh, an outcome that is very, uh, very much, very not desirable, not a place I want to go. That Conditioning provides training. That training allows the child to have an innate sense of regulations and allows the child to be self-regulated, allows the child to be obedient and control himself. Every child wants to be uncontrolled, as we keep saying. And unregulated allows him to be regulated, self-regulated, and control himself. And this is where we come to that point in the Gain, where the Gain says, Kol has kashas. We saw this a couple days ago when we, did the first, when we, when we began this. Kol has kashas, says the Gain, Chinuch, uh, you eventually get to stage two where you can explain things to your children. Eventually you get there where you can give them you know, beautiful ideas, illumination, inspiration, share with them all these beautiful tires and beautiful stories. But you got to build your way up there. you got to start with stage one. Stage one is about training. Stage one is about conditioning. Stage one is about swift, immediate consequences that a parent follows through with and, and doesn't let go of, and is, does, doesn't, doesn't back down from. And on that, the guy says, call us it's going to be rough. It's not going to be easy. The stage one is always rough. Stage one is 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 not is not uh, you know a smooth a smooth and easy um, course over here. It's not easy. It's difficult. It's difficult on two levels. Stage one is not easy. It's not easy for either party involved. Not easy for the child. Stage one of chinuch where you have to discipline, where you have to call the child out, you have to. 
give, provide consequences when he or she steps out of line. Swift and immediate consequences that have to be acted upon. You can't back that from. That's not easy for the child. For the child, that's Gehenim. Why? Because that goes against the very grain, the very fiber of where that kid is right at. The kid begins, a two or three or four-year-old is a pair of them, someone that wants anything but regulation. Someone wants anything but red lines and, and, and uh, you know, having to adhere to a system, accommodate a system, he wants anything but that, he's doing his very best to resist that. And it's difficult for the child. It's difficult. You have to, nevertheless, impress upon the child through conditioning, through accountability to that system, and through the consequences when, he's, when, he, when, he, is, when he falls short of, of the expectations, when he, when he or she defies the expectations, that is going against the grain of the child. That is very, very difficult to the child. And you see that in the form of the child becoming increasingly... Um, belligerent and 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 even more defiant when you try to impose those regulations on the child who become increasingly more and more and more and more defiant. It becomes very difficult for the child. It's Gehenna for the kid. And Kolas Chalas Kashas, it's very difficult. It's as much as Gehenna for the kid, it's even more Gehenna for the parents. The parent is going through more Gehenna than the child is when the parent is doing their best to impose stage one Chinuch. But the guy is reassuring us, call Aschalas Kashas, you've got to write this out. And you cannot back down. You back down, you are, as we saw a few paragraphs ago, you are a soina, you're, you're an enemy. If you back down when you need to be strong, you back down from imposing those red lines on your child that he or she so, so desperately needs, you are shirking your responsibilities. And what you're doing is, you're saying, you know, it's, it's too difficult, I can't hold out, I can't go through this. Um, Okay, you know, I threaten them. I threaten them with taking dessert away. I threaten them with putting them to sleep early. I threaten them with losing a toy, losing a privilege. Um, and, 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 and look at the result. They, they went even crazier. They went even nuttier. Things in my house are going nuclear right now. So I got it back then. That's a parent that what? Is, is, is um, yielding to a child because... They don't like being in a position of, of the disciplinarian. They don't like the situation that's being created as a result. Or because, of, as we mentioned in the beginning of the parak, they, they um, want to be their kid's best friend. Ultimately, they're afraid of their kid not liking them. Ultimately, they're afraid of the child being upset with them, being fartined with them. Um, and as a result of all the above, I want my child to like me. I don't like being a disciplinarian. It's hard for me. It goes against my grain. When a child backs in such a, such a situation, you are depriving your child of the red lines that they need and depriving them, denying them that conditioning that they need to develop normally, to, to understand requirements, to understand expectations, to understand that there has to be obedience, to understand that they have to be regulated and that they can regulate themselves. This is why the guy tells us, call Haskalas Kashas. But you got to write it out. A parent cannot back down. Parent cannot back down. When a child doesn't listen, you give him a job, and he says no, you have to insist on the job, and he says no again. Okay, it has to be swift, immediate. Go get in your room. Lights out. Bedtime. No supper tonight. No dessert. No pecola for you. No extra privileges. And it has to be swift and immediate, and that's it. They can't get it back. Because the moment the parent devises a strategy, well, okay, you can get it back. I'll figure out a way for you to get it back. You showed your child that there really are no consequences. You showed your child that really nothing will happen if they cross those lines. You showed your child that those lines are really imaginary. My parent, his bark is worse than his bite. 
it's difficult. It's not easy. This is the most difficult part of parenting is having to give your child consequences and not backing down from those consequences. But then you get over that hump and you go over that bump and then you can have children where you can give them stage two chinuch, giving them the inspiration, the illumination. That has to be built up. You have to earn your, your way there. And if you, you, you shirk the stage one chinuch, the child grows up uh, not being able to have that uh, the proper sensitivity to uh, systems that have expectations and obedience outside the house also. That's the child that's going to get into trouble in school. That's the child that's going to be sent to the principal. That's the child that's, that, that, that is going to you know, be bullying kids perhaps. And, and it's going to come back to haunt him, you know, in the school, in the workplace, in, in, in every stage of his life, in his, in his own marriage, in his own life, in his own, his own house. So, Rabbi Yisai, and the guy is giving us the timeless uh, take on parenting and the chizik that we need to hear over here. It's difficult, but eventually you get over the, that bump. Children have to be conditioned to see that there are lines that can't be crossed. They have to be conditioned to understand that they can't break through those lines. And a, cha- a, cha- a parent's responsibility towards their children is to provide immediate and unyielding consequences when they cross those lines. And it's only when a parent provides immediate and unyielding consequences that children learn that there are those red lines and that it's not a joke, it is for real. A child will do his very best, again, he's going to do his very best, to wear his parents down, to get out of the punishment, to get out of the consequence. Why? Because children on their own are unregulated and dysregulated, and they want to remain that way. See, they're going to do their very best to get their parents to back down as an authority when they sense that authority clamping down on them. Parents have to be strong. Parents have to be mechazic one another. Disobedience cannot be tolerated. Not being a, a proper sibling can't be tolerated. Not being a proper peer cannot be tolerated. Not speaking respectfully to adults can't be tolerated. That can't be tolerated. It doesn't mean the same thing as a patch. Patches have to be reserved for, for, for those um, you know, emergency situations, as we mentioned earlier, when a patch is warranted. But there's, parenting doesn't have to mean patching. Calling out a child, giving consequences, does not have to go hand in hand with a patch. But it, it comes in many, many other forms which a parent can do very calmly, sending them to their room, taking something away from them, taking away privilege, and you cannot back down, Rabbi Said. You cannot back down. And this is why it's so important, just to, to, to um, return to what we, just, we mentioned a few minutes ago, that, you know, giving children jobs around the house. Giving children jobs. Even a two-year-old can get a job. Certainly a three-year-old, a four-year-old, they can get a job. Now, they can't get a job that is going to be done the way that you want to see the job done. You know, you give a two-year-old job of cleaning up the toys. A two-year-old's cleanup is not going to be the cleanup that's going to, you know, that, 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 that uh, will put the house in a state where now you can entertain and, and uh, the house looks beautiful and shane and the, 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 the sugar can come over now. No. The, the job of the two-year-old, even the three-year-old or the four-year-old, is not going to be up to sugar standards. But that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is, children have to be given jobs to show them that they have to be accountable to a system and to show them that jobs represent red lines and they have to stay within those red lines once there are expectations 
they have to remain within those expectations. They have to live up to those expectations in terms of the obedience to a parent, in terms of the adherence to a system with expectations. And it teaches them so many things. It teaches them that there is accountability to a system around you. And when you are unaccountable to that system, there are consequences. There are consequences. So I don't want to make it sound like the point of giving a two-year-old job is just an opportunity to punish them. The point of giving a three-year-old, a three-year-old can be given a job, but you say, you you put out the cups. When when it's tupper time, your job is to put out the cups. Your job is to put out the napkins. Again, they're not going to do it according to Schwiger standards. They won't. But that's completely not the point. The point is... They're capable, uh, now, to, 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 to just finish that thought that I left dangling, you're not giving them a job so you have a hichetim to punish them. No, you're not setting up your kids so you can punish them, even though, yeah, you've got to show them red lines, you've got to show them expectations, regulations. You're giving them a job, A, for them to see that they're part of a house. And being part of a house means accountability to the house. They're part of a system, and I'm part of a system, whether that's my house, whether that's my parents, whether that's society, whether that's the school, whether that's the yeshiva, whether that's a seminary. I have accountability to that system. I have to do my job, whether that's a shul, whether that's a, a community. I have accountability to that system. You're teaching them that, and it's never too young. That's stage one of chinuch, is that... Part of a system means there are expectations in that system, and then they have the ability to be regulated. They can regulate themselves in adhering to the system, and that's when they'll be able when they fall out of line. So you give them the job, tell a three-year-old, here, you put out the napkins. Your job is to put out the napkins. Your job is to collect the forks when supper is over. They say no. They may say no. They will say no. You insist on yes. They say no again. You send them to their room. You didn't do your job. This is your job. You do that. Your, your job. A parent is going to want to back then. He's going to want to have a meltdown and bring them out of their room because because the kid is going to go ballistic. The moment you do that, the moment you do that, you are showing them that there are no expectations. You're, you're, you're wrecking your kids and ruining your kids. That really, it's all a joke. You really don't have any accountability or anything. And when you stand strong, although it's difficult, and they're going to go nuts, you're showing your children ultimately through conditioning that a there's expectations from the system that they live within, and B, there's accountability and consequences when they fall short. And eventually, again, when you, st- when, 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 when you don't back down, eventually that gets, that gets absorbed by the children. That does get absorbed. And eventually you see results. Might not be until they, you know, they're teenagers or... Uh, or, or, or even later, but eventually you do see results. Eventually, now, you, 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 there's different, different, different types of results. There are different types of results. But kids, in some degree, always trying to trying to buck the system, trying to see where the where the chinks in the system are. But Rabbi Sai, it, it really is in a matter of days. In a matter of days, a parent doesn't back down. In a matter of days, you see results in your kids and giving them jobs and expecting them to adhere to those jobs. You do see changes in a matter of days, but it has to be with consistent. Um, reactions from the parents, a consistent response from the parents, and the parents have to have a united front, obviously. You can't have, it's always, uh, generally, with, with parents, there's always the good cop and the bad cop. That's how <coughs> most households work. There's the good cop and the bad, bad cop, the parent who's naturally very strong, the parent, the parent who's naturally just one big mass of marshmallow fluff. You usually do have such a combination of partnership, but when it comes to Parenting, when it comes to the consequences and, and disciplining, the parents have to have a united front that no, we can't back down. We can't back down. We gave him a job. We gave him, you know, he said no once. We, we reminded him. He said no a second time. He or she said no a second time. That's it. Go to your room. That's it. Lights out. That's it. You can't come out of your room. The, car- parent, the child will try to come out of the room. 
They'll try to disobey. They'll do their very best. The stronger that they see, the rule is, the stronger they see the parents clamping down until they have that conditioning, the more of a fight they're going to put up to try to rebel, to try to topple their parents, try to overthrow their parents. The more they see the parents are insisting on regulating them and giving them consequences, they're going to try to run out of the room. They're going to try to break the door down, but you're the parent, you're the adult, you're stronger than them. Even if it's sitting on your kid so they don't leave the room. So you sit on your kid. Sitting on your kid is not the same thing as patching your kid. You're just immobilizing them. Sometimes you have to sit on your kids. Right? I'm serious. You send a kid to his room, to her room, because they're disobedient. I'm not saying, you know, not everything calls for a patch. But a child, when he sees the parent is serious, and it's not too late to show the child that. You know, even if we let go of this, you know, we let them get to age four, five, six, not too late, never too late to, to sometimes it is too late. But when the child is, is you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, you can still do this. And you send them to the room, they're going to run out of the room, you sit on them. I'm sorry, you have to sit on you right now because you can't leave your room. That's not a patch. That's immobilizing them. The child will panic. Um, but you're not traumatizing them. No. You're showing them that there are red lines. You're showing them that there is accountability. You're showing them that there are consequences. Um, then you do that with consistency. You do that enough times. You've earned your right now to give what the guy describes as stage two of Chinuch, the inspiration, the illumination, but that can only come after the regulation of Baisai, the regulation. So the regulation should give a siyat deshma. It's not an easy job, not an easy task, but if you have kids, you signed up for this, okay? I mean, you can give your kids away, but if you don't give them away, you signed up for this, and that's our responsibility, our duties, and we should see uh, a lot of siyat deshma in our efforts. We should see a lot of nachas from our kindalach.